Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Well, good morning. We're going to start on time, or close to it. Um, Hazel's going to come and give us the opening announcements, and uh, I don't think there's any birthdays. If there is, please let me know, because I don't have it down on my, on my list to get you a car. All right, Hazel. Joel's going to come now and lead us in that course that's on your insert uh, in your bulletin. Blessed be your name. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship. Please uh, stand with me and uh, sing through this course. Darkness closes in, Lord. 
is in your bulletin, and uh, we're, you're going to be the people of God, and I'll try to be your leader. Sing joyfully to the Lord, righteous ones, for the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. From his dwelling, he watches all of us who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of us all considers everything we do. The eyes of the Lord are on those who worship him. We wait and hope for you, Lord. You are our help and our shield. May your unfailing love rest on us, O Lord, for we have placed our hope in you. Our opening hymn is number 103, the first three verses of 103. O Lord, thou art my God and King. Without 
trust you one more day in order that we may walk in the fullness of all that you have for us. Lord, we ask now that you would guide us in our worship, bless us in all we do, and in all we say, that it will bring honor and glory to you. Lord, we pray that you'd forgive our sins, cleanse us from everything we've done wrong in order that we might walk in the newness of life that you've promised us. Through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, we're not going to sing a children's song until we have the children up here. So all the kids are coming up. We will sing what was the number? Six, seven, four. Six, seven, four. You can turn to it uh, while we have the kids come up. Trust me? You trust me? 
trust me, Eric? You don't know, okay, love? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? in my mind, and, and the numbers are from 1 to 10. So, Milton, give me a number that you like, 1 to 10. That's 1. One. Okay, what's the number you like best? 10. Wow, one extreme <laughs> in the same family. What's the, your favorite number? 10, 2. You're both going to go 10. All right, Eric? 2. What's your favorite? 8. Very good. 5. And what about, what, well, would he know numbers? No. Okay, well, then we won't bother with that. Well, you know what? There's two of you, and you have to be one girl and one boy, and you're right on the money on both of them. You too. Pardon? What number is it like? Oh, well, that's far. You guys were hit, hit right on the head. Those were the two numbers I had in my brain. What was your number? Five. Five. And? There you go. It's, it's five and seven. You're the closest one. So, there's a five dollar bill for you. Five dollar bill for you. Now, did you trust me to really give you some money? Did you? Did the rest of you? You'll have to go and talk to this boy about this, this boy and this girl and letting Abdallah and, uh, and Caleb uh, and maybe they'll take you out for some ice cream after church. How's that? <laughs> All right. You know, that's what we do is, you know, we, we have to learn to trust that God is going to give us 
what we need. As a matter of fact, sometimes God gives you what you want. Did you know that? And, and you know, I have a scripture for that. No good thing with God will withhold from those who walk with him. Isn't that an amazing verse? No good thing will he withhold from those who walk with him. That's a verse I learned when I was about your age. I might have been, I might have been seven. And, uh, yeah, seven. Anyway, I want to pray with you as you go down to Children's Church and ask the Lord to be with you. All right? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for our boys and girls. And, Lord, I pray that as we grow older, rather than less trust, may we trust you more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So it's a good thing to come every Sunday? Yeah. Could have been any one of you or two of you. We're going to do that again some Sunday. <laughs> okay? All right. And these guys won't be allowed to play. They'll have to be the others. All right? Well, you enjoy yourself down at Children's Church. I wish I had more fives, but uh, I got somebody even to break a 10 for me so I'd be able to do that this morning because <laughs> all I had was uh, tens, a 10 and, and 20s. Actually, I lied. I have a 52 that my wife gave me. So are we going to play this with the adults then? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No. No, it's just the kids. Uh, sorry. you got to be a kid. That's the, that's the, the prerequisite. All right. Um, well, today we're going to pray the prayer together, listening to God's word. Let's say it together. Today, O oh God, we thank you for your hovering presence. We pray that you will help us trust you no matter what. Give us the strength and grace to serve you with all our hearts so that our efforts will bring many friends and neighbors to you. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Linda, one of our elders, as well as our, our uh, music director, to come and, uh, and read from Hebrews chapter 11 through to 12 and also part of 13. Do you have faith I can read this little print? Uh, yeah, I do. Print. By faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended.
standeth as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father, because he considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Thank you very much. I've intended my message, Where's the Magic? A number of years ago, I had someone in my church who came to me after I'd been there for, oh, quite a while, and um, said to me, you know, our last minister used to do magic tricks. There's no magic. Where's the magic? And I said, well, we'll have it in two weeks because I have someone coming who is a close friend of mine who happens to be a gospel magician. And he said to me, she said to me, yeah, okay, fine. Well, Blaine McLeod is a very close friend of mine, and we worked together in the Canadian Bible Society, and this was after I was there, said to me, uh, so what kind of tricks do you want me to do? I said, blow them away. Now, Blaine has a dummy. You know what a dummy is, eh? Do you remember those? Okay, he has a dummy, and he named it after me, Philippe. When we were working together in the Bible Society, he had already one dummy, but he had a second dummy who was a monkey who could talk, of course, and his name was Philippe. That particular Sunday, he used Philippe and, um, and, uh, and told the story of Zacchaeus. And, uh, but while doing that, he said to all the kids, I have a trick I want to show you. And um, so he put down a, I think he put down a $10 bill. He's richer than me. And so he put down a $10 bill. And uh, 
and he made it disappear. And all the kids were marveled at that. And he said, he said, well, I'm going to make, I said to him, I said, that's, that's not much of a trick if you can't make it reappear. And so that's what he did. He made it reappear. And so the lady said, well, where's the magic? I said, that was, he did five magic tricks this morning. And she said, well, yeah, I can make money disappear too. And I'm sure all, we, all of us, if I asked you, if, if you wanted a $5 bill, you could make it disappear as well, couldn't you? In your pocket, or better still, spend it right on the spot or close by. Well, this morning, I'm asking the question, in the context of faith, where's the magic? Billy Joel, who was an old boy from the Deep South, stopped by a convenience store. And he ran into an old friend, an old buddy of his from the hood, named Ricardo. And uh, Billy Joel, went, when no one was looking, stole three candy bars from the store. Walking out of the store, he turned to Ricardo and bragged, Did you see what this old southern boy did? Stole three candy bars and no one noticed. Pretty slick, eh? And Ricardo said, was not impressed, said, that's nothing. Let's go back into that store and I will show you slick. And so they went back into the store and, uh, and uh, he walks up to the clerk and he says to the clerk, I want to show, do you think you'd like to see a magic trick, a real magic trick? And the clerk says, well, I guess. And so Ricardo says, well, give me a candy bar. And so he took the candy bar, unwrapped it and ate the whole thing in front of the clerk. And, and he says to the clerk, give me a second one. So the clerk handed him another one. He ate the whole second one. And then finally, the clerk, he says to the clerk, well, I need a third one to make this magic work. And so with that, the guy handed him a, a, a candy bar. He unwrapped it and put it in his mouth and ate the whole thing. And so the clerk says, that's it? That's the trick? And Ricardo responded, Check my friend's pocket. All three bars are there. A good magic trick, wasn't it? If you don't disregard, if you disregard the ethics. Have you ever been in a service and said, I'd like to see some magic today? And I'm not talking about the slip of the hand or, 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 or that. I'm talking about real magic. Because, you know, I remember sitting in a service one time and and, and it was the same old service, or so it seemed. And I thought to myself, you know, it'd be really nice if the preacher could do something magical right about now. He'd probably wake up the whole congregation. Well, the fact is that, that I'm not going to be doing any magic tricks, although I did make two $5 bills disappear pretty fast. Uh, I know that you don't come to worship expecting a magic show with rabbits that appear out of nowhere. You may wish that once in a while that would happen in a service. It will happen unless my friend Blaine comes from Calgary um, and does that. And, and I've suggested that he should. But I, I, I do think that as a people of God, we should come expecting something to happen. Whether that something is in us or someone else. Because that's what God's 
work is. The 11th chapter, and I love the 11th chapter of, uh, of uh, Hebrews. I really do. I've preached on it many times, and I'm going to preach on it many more times. But the fact is that here is a passage which you might say has a little bit of magic. The writer seeks to define the meaning of faith. And, of course, it's a pretty straightforward one. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I learned it in the King James Version. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What a sick, ununderstandable definition. It's awful. Why? Because I don't understand it, do you? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, um, the NIV does a little bit better job of it. It says, our faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Still woolly? I agree. It's still woolly. But I, I like it in the, in the message because it makes sense to me. It says, the writer, after he seeks to define it, the, the interpreter does a much better job of the message. He says, he begins, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the insurance the insurance of what we do not see that makes a little more sense we know what insurance is actually the word is assurance but in the Greek the word is the same insurance and assurance so anybody that that has always has, has insurance knows that it comes with a few provisos here I am to say this morning there are no proviso except that God wants us as his people to trust him no matter what. Because he will never leave you, the Bible says, nor will he forsake us. Never once have I ever felt that God forsook me. I did him, but he never did me. Faith is insurance. The assurance of what we hope for. And the, and the actual guarantee... That God will do what he promised to do when you first met him. He will keep you. He will sustain you. And he'll be there for you. Why? Because when we were baptized, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within us. Now think of that for a moment. That's a little less abstract. And fortunately, the writer of Hebrews doesn't stop there. The chapter of chapter 11. We don't even know who wrote uh, Hebrews. Some people say it was a scribe of Paul, maybe. Some people have a few of the other apostles that they sprinkle with their names, but it doesn't say. What it does say is that he was writing to he the Hebrew people of his day, and the same applies to us today. For this writer takes us on to kind of describe what the various uh, people of faith did in the Old Testament when they didn't even know Jesus was going to come. And yet they trusted God to clean up their sin and renew them and walk with them no matter what they went through. And so we start off in verse 6. For without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And here's the key, folks. And he rewards those that seek him. No, the word is 
diligently. Do you know what? You can't translate that word in any other way from the Greek to the English language. It's diligent. And what do we mean by that? Anybody? What do we mean by the word diligent? It will be done. It will be done. Right on the money. It will be done. And we've got to understand that. That's the joy of being a believer in Christ. Is that you and I are assured, assured that what we ask of God, he will do. And you may say, uh, I've asked lots of things of God and he didn't uh, answer the prayer. He may not have answered it in the way that we thought he should, but he will answer that prayer, believe me. I've lived 67 years and I kind of have challenged him on a, in a few times asking him something that was beyond what I could have thought God could ever do. And God has come through beyond what I could have imagined or thought. That's the beauty of how God works. And that's the magic of chapter 11 because he gives us some interesting characters. By Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. Cain killed his brother. And yet God forgave him for that and kept his hand on him the whole time by putting a mark on him. How would you like that as, as a servant of the Lord? To have a mark on you. <laughs> Not me. I don't, I don't want anybody to know necessarily that God has his hand on me because it may be at a time when I least expect it that he's going to try to use me to reach somebody else. And I'm not sure that I'll be able to stand up to the uh, scrutiny. But I love what, what, what the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 goes on to say. By faith Enoch, he never died. He went straight up. And some of us may be in that same uh, posi position. We will, when, when Jesus Christ comes for his church... We will go up, the Bible says, and meet him in the air. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen, but folks, most of the prophecies look like they've happened. Israel, is that still a nation? And so all of us need to come to the understanding that Jesus could come at any time. Now, I come from Pentecostal roots, and my mother used to say to me, my mother was quite a good teacher. She left an indelible impression upon my life, to say the least. She used to say to me, and if you're in a show, or you're at a dance, or you're having a little bit to drink, God, Jesus will leave you behind. And I used to think, what kind of a God is that? So I blow it once. He knew I was going to blow it. He didn't have to come at that very second. But then as I got older, I became a Presbyterian. And God's grace is immeasurable, okay? Understand that. God's grace is immeasurable. That's the first wonderful thing about faith and trust in Christ. But not only that, when we were baptized, Holy Spirit comes right in and takes over. And sometimes it feels like he's not taken over enough <laughs> when we fail. I failed so many times that, uh, and I think, how could God forgive me again for doing the same thing wrong? Now, I know none of you ever sin the same way ten times in a week. But, but I have. And I'm transparent enough to admit that. 
<laughs> the writer here says, he goes on to say, Enoch never even died. But God found a way to take him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And then in the next verse, of course, it defines in very clear terms that you and I are not only called to trust God, but beyond that, we have to exercise our faith on a daily basis. And there are some mornings, I often think of that little prayer that I've used a couple of times, or maybe, maybe only once, but, but it bears repeating. Lord, I thank you that you've sustained me so far today. I haven't cussed, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't lost my cool, but I'm going to get out of bed now. And so I don't know what the future could hold. And you know, some of us are there. While we're getting up in the morning, everything's fine. Well, this morning it didn't go fine for me. I want to share my experience. It wasn't a nice one. I have a smoothie most Sunday mornings. As a matter of fact, let me rephrase that. I have a smoothie every Sunday morning because I find that it keeps me going. And a piece of toast and, of course, a coffee, which has, is black. And I like my coffee uh, dark roast. So I like, them, I like it to be black. Forget putting this muddying stuff in it. I don't do that. So anyway, I've done it for almost all of my adult life. And so anyways, here I am. And I knocked over the shake. Now we have a marble, a huge marble uh, uh, countertop. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And I thought, there is a solution here. And it was the Lord that gave it to me because I wouldn't have thought about it myself. But I went into the bathroom <laughs> and I took the bathroom squeegee. And I poured it all into my glass off the edge of the counter. And I got almost all of it. And it was good, just as good as it should have been. Well, there's a lot of you who wouldn't have done that, but it was an answer to prayer. Because I did say, what am I going to do now? And then I thought of it. So it must have been God. Well, the fact is that, that the writer of Hebrews goes on. It's a stirring chapter because, you see, he says, by faith Noah started building an ark on dry land for 26 years, folks. I don't know about you, but after about the first year, I would have thrown in the towel. Not because I couldn't do it, although nobody was building arcs back then, let alone one that's going to sail and going to stay afloat. But Noah and his family stuck it in there, I'm sure. Mrs. Noah probably made the, the, the parging that went between the, the cracks and, and, and the women probably slapped all kinds of pieces of, 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 uh, of uh, linen or whatever into those holes so they'd stay and the boat would float. And the men, well, they were the, they were the, uh, well, the muscle, the grunt work, if you will. Uh, of the whole thing, and they moved around, and, and Noah at the time was like, I don't know, over 300 years old, wasn't it 400 years old? He'd already reached that point, and God calls him to build this ark. An ark? 
would you not have asked God to give, give a clear definition? And so God said, well, it's going to be X number of, of uh, furlongs long and all that. And it's all in the scriptures. You can read about it. But the point was, and you want me to build an ark. Like, folks, and trust me to build it so well that it'll float. And we're nowhere near water. And all my neighbors, well, my neighbors are going to think I'm crazy in my old age. Wouldn't you have thought that? Noah did it built the ark and saved a remnant of people who were given over to God. By faith, Noah. When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Jesus hadn't come now, but yet. By faith, Abraham when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, and even though he did not know where he was going, his faith kept him on the path that God wanted him to build. For he was looking forward to the city whose foundation and whose architect and builder was God. So this was a, an exciting time. I... I this is an amazing thing because only our creator God could perform these acts of magic and work through people. So faith is belief in God, our past, our present, our future, not simply that God exists, but that he is present here and now working all things out for our good. Writer Max Lucado, I don't know if any of you have ever read his stuff, but he's a great writer, tells of spending a week in Brazil, visiting the interior there. If you've ever been to Brazil, I have not been to Brazil, but I've been to Argentina, it's almost the same. But anyways, he was being uh, piloted around by an old bush pilot who he'd known years before, a longtime friend. And he flew to every remote town in this four-seater plane. That plane wasn't in that good a shape, uh, uh, Lucado says. Wilbur and Orville would have had a sturdier plane. But the fact is that uh, he couldn't get comfortable in that stupid plane. He, felt fe he kept confessing to the pilot, his old friend, that they were going to crash at any minute. He shifted around, gripped his seat, as if that would help. And finally the pilot had seen enough. Looking over at Lucado, shouting over the roar of the engines, he said, we won't face anything that I can't handle. So you might as well trust me to fly the plane and enjoy the ride. Beloved, that's what God says to you and to me. There's nothing that you will face and I will face that, can't, that our God can't handle. So might as well sit back, trust him to fly our plane through life. That, my friends, is faith. That's the kind of faith that God wants from us. Blind trust that Hebrews is describing. And God is saying to us, trust me no matter what you're going through. I don't know why I'm preaching this message, but I thought it'd be a good one because it's so good that I've got another week 
I've never preached the two-part Sunday since I've been here, but you're going to get an extension next Sunday. And it's even better than this one. So here we are. Here's, here's Max Lucado who learned something from an old bush pilot in a pretty shaky plane. The second thing I want to leave with you is a woman named Edna Butterfield, I'm almost done, tells of her husband, Ron, who taught a class of mentally challenged teenagers. He challenged his, his students' capabilities by saying to them that they were, they were ordered of God and that he was their strength and he was their teacher. He taught them to accomplish all kinds of marvelous things. He taught them to play chess. Tough game, even for people who are, well, supposedly have all their marbles. Restored furniture, repaired electric appliances. And a young man in his class, only a teenager, named Bobby, learned to believe in his gifts given to him of God. So one day, he brings in a broken toaster to fix. Into the classroom, he's carrying this broken toaster under one arm and a half loaf of bread in the other. That's faith. Because you've got to have faith if you really believe that this toaster is ever going to work. You've got to test it, don't you? And so can we. Whatever we're doing. And anyway, the young man sat there with the teacher. Ron, the teacher, applauded him. And that's the confidence we need. If we're going to fix a toaster, bring bread to prove it really works. Conclusion? That's the joy of... I want to mention one more thing about, about Abraham. <laughs> I like the translation in the message again. I didn't bring it, but I will next week, so we're going to be reading it from two different vantage points. But I, but I love this part. By faith, Abraham... No, that's not the one I wanted to say. That's, the, that's next week's. This is the one that, that makes... That is funny. All these things, people were still living by faith. All these people were still li people living by faith when, he, when they died. But Abraham, even though he was an old man, this is out of the, I, I just took, did a full copy of it. Even though he was an old man, and Sarah herself was 89 years old, God enabled them to become a father and a mother because he considered him faithful who he had made a promise to. And so from this one man, listen to this now, who was as good as dead. <laughs> it goes on because in the message. It reads, he was as good as dead. His loins were all shriveled up. That's what it says. I'm not kidding you. You can read it next week because I'll bring my message next week. His loins were all shriveled up. Came descendants too numerous to count as the sands in the sky, as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Because God produced two different groups of people, the Jews and the Arabs. But the Arabs came first and look at their population. Billions of people all over the world are of Arab descent. A.B. Baby did well. Considering he was a man whose loins were all shriveled up. That's what it says. I'm, I'm going to show it to you next week. 
Truth be truth. Faith in God is like that. Don't bring a toaster in for repairs if you don't have faith to bring some bread along. Faith is the belief that not only does God exist, but regardless of the circumstances, he cares enough for us to provide any request that we make of him. Now, I know you might quibble with that, and I understand that, but I'm here to tell you that no matter what your prayer is, I'm here to declare based on the word of God that you can ask anything of God in his name, believing that it will be done, and it will be done. Let us pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your holiness and your care for us. Lord, I thank you for your magic because you created something out of nothing. No magician has ever been able to do that. And you have done that consistently over the generations since that time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, today that if any one of us don't know you, I'm so glad that your word and the bulletin has a, a four simple steps that all of us can take. And then pray the prayer of faith and we become your child. What a joy. What a guarantee and assurance that you will be with us no matter what. Let it happen in each one of us today. In Christ's name we have Amen. This time we're going to give you the Lord, oh, we're, we're going to sing a song. Number 675. Precious Lord, take my hand. And that was written by Tommy Dorsey. And I always like to tell the story. I don't know if I told it here. I did at the last church at the, at the Snow Road today. But Tommy Dorsey was about 40 years old and he was going to do a gig in another city, actually Detroit. His wife was sick, and so he asked her mother if she would come over and take care of her while he was away on this weekend gig. His wife begged him not to go. But he went anyway because he had to put food on the table. And so he did. And while he was away, the, the evening before he came back home, she had a heart attack and died instantly. And Tommy Dorsey came home and he cried and he cried all night that evening. Couldn't believe that, that his wife was gone. And with that, he wrote this song. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me home. my heart because I've sung it many times. Lead me on. 
to worship the Lord. city of your people. Use both gift and giver for the ongoing work of your kingdom, both here at home and around the world. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to close up the service, of course, with the people's prayer, the prayer of the people. And there are a number of requests here. You may have one or two or maybe a number. We'll give time for that in, in quietness during the prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for all those that are in hospital. We thank you for each one that's come today. And maybe there's one here, or maybe more, who have a need that they need answered. Lord, answer that prayer right now. We think of others. We think of, of uh, George and Terry hearing very favorable news with regards to Terry, Bob, Robert, Ray, Sophia Dawn. Joyce, Rob, Bob, Stan, Morgan, Florence, and Nick. Lord, we pray for them today, and we ask you to visit them today. May they know that the people of God are praying for them, and may they also know that the presence of God is with them. Lord, we have requests that we have on our minds and hearts, ones that maybe we've been praying for a while. And Lord, this morning as we bring them to you, just don't only hear our prayer, but may you answer our prayer. 
Lord, we pray today for our nation as we face an election in just a few short months. We ask, Lord, that you give wisdom to the electorate and give wisdom to those who, who uh, rule over us. We ask, Lord, that you'd give them wisdom beyond themselves because heaven knows it's necessary in this day and age in which we live. Guide each one. Through Christ our Lord, we pray it. Amen. As we close the service, I'm going to ask you to take your hymn books and turn with me to number 64. This is more like a prayer, but it's a good one. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon. And we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are. Thank you.